Merry Christmas. Um, And Happy New Year, exactly, exactly. I hope you had a wonderful celebration this week with family or with friends. Uh, Did your house look anything like this after Tuesday morning was over? Um, um, Mine did, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Uh, I have to admit that I used to be so intent on getting things cleaned up and the paper picked up and get the trash bag to put the bows and everything. Um, that, you know, I wanted to get that semblance of order, and I've learned that it's much more important to savor the time with family, because that time is precious. It's really rare. And so we actually celebrate Christmas the day after Christmas with our immediate family, with our kids and their spouses, because that's what works for their schedules. It's kind of become a tradition for us. We've had certain ways that we have celebrated that, but we wait until the day after and, and open stockings and then open gifts that we've given each other. And we usually have a big 1,000-piece puzzle that we're working on that we set aside. I've joked with the kids before that they can't leave until they've completed the puzzle. Um, and last year, we thought they were going to have to stay an extra day. It was a very difficult puzzle. I got a piece of modern art puzzle, and it took us forever. The one this year was way too easy, way too easy. But the house just gets turned upside down, gets rearranged. And normally that would drive me just a little bit crazy, but I've just learned to kind of just be and enjoy it. So I hope that you have enjoyed your time with your family this year. I think that we put so much focus on the day of Christmas itself. There's this big build up to it, you know, and there's expectations around it and, and you want to make it just perfect. You want it to be just so. And then when we're past it, it's kind of like there's this big letdown. There's this kind of like, well, now what? Well, I know we have New Year's coming, but still there's just this big letdown after that's over. And I think when we do that, we miss what Christmas is really all about. You know, the party isn't over. It's really, it's really just begun when we follow this man named Jesus. Uh, we need to live all year long as people who celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ in our lives. And even our church calendar, the liturgical year that we follow, is um, based, you know, the 12 days of Christmas isn't the 12 days before Christmas, it's the 12 days after Christmas that we're celebrating. We're in the season of Christmas until the 6th, which is called Epiphany, when we celebrate the wise men arriving to Jesus. And so I think we need to, to live all year long as people who celebrate Jesus as an important part of our lives. So what if we did that? What would that look like? Um, and I thought for today that since we're not but a couple of days away from New Year's, and this is a time when people tend to make those resolutions of what you're going to do differently in the year ahead, that I would take a passage from one of the letters in the New Testament and let it help us think about what we want to work on in the year ahead. The passage comes from um, Colossians, the letter to the Colossians. It is written to a church at Colossae, and that's an area that was, what is now part of Turkey is where the actual city is located. Um, and they believe that Paul might have written this letter, but most scholars think he probably didn't. It was not unusual in, in that day and time that when you respected someone, when you admired someone, that you might try to imitate them, copy them, and write like them. Um, and so it, it, today we think of that as unethical, but in that day and time, it was, it was an honor to do that for someone, to kind of make it in the same style as that person. So Paul wrote, he began this church in this city, and so this person is writing a letter to the Christians that are there to kind of guide them and help them, uh, both as individuals, but also as a community of faith 
to continue to follow Christ as they go about their daily lives. And so we're going to be looking at chapter 3. We're going to really focus on some middle verses in that chapter, but I want to set it in context. So I want to begin with the first four verses. So chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. If you follow this man named Jesus, if you follow Christ, then seek the things that are above. Don't worry about earthly things. Um, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. If you choose to follow Jesus, whose birthday we just celebrated a few days ago, and he taught us how to live, he gave his life for us. If you choose to follow him, then focus on kingdom things, not on, focus on godly things, not on things of this earth. Um, what's here is temporary. The kingdom is forever. And then that phrase, for you have died, who you were before you came to know Jesus no longer exists. You're no longer that person anymore. You're a brand new person. You're a new creation. And you are hidden with Christ in God. I love that language. Imagine being hidden with Christ in God. What a safe place. What a wonderful place to live. And so I think um, we need to think in terms of that, um, of everything that we do, Everything that we are gets reoriented. It gets redirected toward Jesus. So it doesn't really matter if it's the day after Christmas, if it's the day before Christmas, it's the middle of the summer, whatever day it is, Jesus becomes the center of your life, the very heart of who you are. So how do we do that? Well, verses 5 through 11 give us some ideas about what you need to not do how to avoid getting in trouble. But I want us to focus on what to do. So I want us to look at verses 12 through 17. They tell us what we need to do to live as a community of faith. And I like um, the Common English Bible. It's a relatively new translation. It titles this whole section, A Community Living the Life of Christ. A Community Living the Life of Christ. So I think these these verses provide a blueprint for us for the year ahead kind of a way that we want to be in 2019 as we continue to do worship here in the movie theater, as we continue to have our small groups and adult classes meet in so many different locations, and as we reach those in our community and we learn to be the people that God calls us to be, to serve this community and make a difference in this community called South Park. So let's jump in and start with verse 12. It reads, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. So a call to be compassionate and kind, humble and meek and patient. I think we understand what it means to be compassionate and kind and even patient. I think those are easy for us to understand. They may not be easy for us to do, but I think we know what they look like. We know when we haven't done them. We know when we have done them. Um, Humility and meekness, I think those are a little more challenging words for us. Paul gives us a hint about humility when he writes a letter to the Philippians. In the second chapter, the third verse, he says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourself. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility regard others 
as better than yourself. Selfish ambition and conceit are kind of the opposite of humility. So thinking of others, putting others um, ahead of us. And then I think when we hear that word meek or meekness, we think of, gosh, we got to be a doormat. We have to let people walk all over us. It's not about, you know, it, we, we, we don't get a say. We can't say anything. But really, it's about courtesy and consideration for others, setting our rights aside to lift up someone else. Rick Warren, who's the pastor at Saddleback Church in California, a huge megachurch out there, says this about meekness. He says, we've lost the true meaning of meekness. Meek doesn't mean weak. So I'm thinking of meek does not equal weak. You know, so remember that. Because Jesus and Moses are actually described as meek. And Rick goes on to say, and they were certainly anything but weak. Meekness really means strength under control. Strength under control. The Greek word referred to a wild horse who had been tamed or medicine that could tame a fever. So meekness is strength under control. And so we're called to be compassionate and kind, humble and meek and patient in our relationships with family, with friends, at work, here among ourselves when we work together and and serve together. Um, Those are the things that we are called to do and be. So then let's look at verse 13. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. So we're called, we're called to forgive each other. And sometimes that's difficult to do when we do life together, whether it's in a family, whether it's in a job situation, whether it's in worship or in the groups that, that lead and plan together. Um, it can be difficult to do that without causing hurt, hopefully unintentionally, but sometimes feelings get hurt. Sometimes there are things said or done that, that wound. And when that happens, we need to offer forgiveness to those who have hurt us. Um, So why do we need to do that? Well, first of all, God offers us forgiveness. We prayed together the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So we forgive because God offers us forgiveness. And so in the year ahead, look to be more willing to offer others forgiveness. And then I'm going to skip Ahead to verses 15 and 16, I want to come back to verse 14 because I think it's kind of the key. I think it's the linchpin of um, how we are a community of faith together uh, and do life together in Christ. So 15 and 16 read, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful, be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That kind of peace that comes when we're working together for the kingdom. So we have to learn how to agree to disagree and work through the conflicts. I think about all the changes we have made over the last few years, and there have certainly been times when we as a church community did what we believed was best for reaching people for Jesus, but what didn't feel like was what was best for us as individuals. And there was conflict, there was disagreement, but we have to learn for the sake of the kingdom to learn to, to disagree 
agreeably to kind of agree that it's okay. I may not agree with that, but I understand why we're, we're doing that or moving forward. It's going to be important as we move into 2019. It's going to be a big year for South Park Church as we, as we move into the year ahead. And so we need to be able to continue to do that, to work together. And then there's a focus on gratitude in these two verses. Uh, be thankful and let that gratitude lead you to sing praises to God. That's basically worship. Whether we're gathered as a community here in worship or whether you're an individual at home, when you're thankful, gratitude leads us to, to thank God. And that's a, that's a part of what worship is all about. And then live in the word. Let God's word live in you. Jesus as the word of God. If you think about John's gospel, at the very beginning, and the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Jesus is the word. And the scripture, the words that we have in the Bible is the word as well. So live in the word. Start a good habit like reading the Bible every day. Um, there's some great programs. There's some great apps on smartphones that can help you do that. Some of you already do that, I know. Or maybe you just decide, I'm going to start with one of the gospels and read a chapter a day and begin to get into that rhythm of living in God's word and letting God's word live in me. And then the 17th verse, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do everything in the name of Jesus. That's a pretty tall order, but he claims every part of our lives. We surrender our lives to him. What if before you made a decision, before you took any action, you asked yourself if it was something you could do in the name of Jesus? Can I pick on my brother or sister in the name of Jesus? Can I bully somebody at school in the name of Jesus? Can I submit a padded expense report in the name of Jesus? Can I listen to the gossip that my friend wants to tell me in the name of Jesus? You can think of lots of other ways that if you ask yourself that question, will you take that action or will you choose not to take that action? And then I'm going to come back to verse 14. Above all, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love is at the heart of Christmas. Love is at the heart of what we have experienced this week. God loved us so much that God sent Jesus to us to show us the way that we're called to live. Love is at the heart of who we are when we choose to follow Jesus, and it is what has been offered to us through Jesus. And then um, a letter, the first letter to John, the fourth verse, the fourth chapter, the seventh verse says, Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. God is love. When we love, we are sharing God with others. The writer of Colossians tells us that love binds everything together in perfect harmony. Bind. That word bind, it's interesting that in the original Greek, the word used for binds in this verse is the same word for ligaments. And we know what ligaments are. In the human body, they are, they're the things that keep the bones connected. And they're the things that enable us to actually move and, 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 you know, do what we need to do. If the ligaments of love are healthy in our lives and in our community of faith, 
Love will connect us together and will help us serve others. We'll be moving in the direction God wants us to move and we'll be reaching out to others to bring them into a relationship with God. So that's a lot to take in. That's a lot to think about to do for 2019. I know you're sitting there thinking, Nancy, that's too much. How can I do all of that? And what I'll say is some of these things may already be easy for you. You may already read the Bible every day. You may already live a life that's a life that's filled with gratitude. Um, you may already be kind. What I want you to think about is where do you need to grow? Where's the where's the weakness in your walk that you could say, oh yeah, this is what I this is where I want to focus. I, I could certainly improve this, or I could certainly get better at that. So I want you to pick an area where you need to grow and plan to work on that beginning in the new year. And so I have a blueprint for you for for 2019, and it looks like this. Be compassionate and kind and patient in all your relationships. And you can throw in humble and meek if you want to. That's okay. It was just a little too long to put those two in. Where do you need to focus? Uh, Forgive each other. Be thankful. Live in the Word. Do everything in the name of Jesus Christ. Put on love. Now, I'll tell you that I plan to focus on being patient because I've noticed over the last month or so that I've, I've been a little bit impatient in some situations. And so I know I want to work on being a little bit more patient. But if I'm honest, I can also tell you that I need to work on doing everything in the name of Jesus Christ. That's probably the one that I think everybody would say, gosh, I really need to think about that. So where do you need to grow? What do you need to do? I invite you to join me as we grow as a community living the life of Christ into 2019. Merry Christmas and blessings to each of you in the new year.